Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. There is no higher compliment a show host can pay than to say that today's guest is one of the easiest guests that I have ever spoken to. We've done it before. Uh, we're going to be talking to Matt Straup in a couple of minutes on the show. But there's just something about, like, when you throw hosts at each other, I have to do so much less. I love it. One of the premier minds in fantasy sports and one of the premier voices. La Voz, Matt Straub, host of Round Ball Stew over at Roto World and NBC Sports Edge. That's coming up in just a couple of minutes. Welcome to the show, everybody. This is Fantasy NBA Today, a sports ethos presentation. I can already tell you that at the end of our hit, Matt was kind enough. I was like, hey, you got any late targets? He's like, how about seven? <laughs> here's, your, here's your teaser for that interview. Uh, we also break down some of the early round issues that folks are running into, specifically the first and second round. Second round lately has moved back into the focus after it looked like maybe we were going to have like a one-year respite from second round weirdness. I've been running some mocks, some of them publicly, some of them in secret, and uh, I keep going back and forth on whether I'm willing to draft Anthony Davis. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Roto Games Cap, I'm a little bit more inclined to do so. It's tough. It's tough when you're head to head and you and you just like you need your guys to be on the floor. There's there's a big edge to just having dudes who are playing. You can roll the dice, try to go for the big hits, but they're not always going to work out. We talk a lot of roto strategy on this podcast. I think it's important every once in a while to just hint at a little bit of head to head. Important stuff here before we dive into our uh, chat with Matt. Uh, besides just whether or not I'm drafting Anthony Davis. By the way, the, the, the answer to the question of whether or not I'm going to be drafting LeBron James if he falls to me mid to late second round is a resounding yes. And I have this weird... I think last year, maybe because I had so many picks at 11 or 12 and so many Paul Georges and Jimmy Butlers that missed copious numbers of games last year that I woke up for this season... Just feeling a little more adventurous. You remember the old Doritos commercials? That's bold, but is it daring? I feel like being bold and daring this year. So, like, just kind of doing things a little differently than I normally would. It's, why, it's part of why I'm willing to take shots in the fifth round, fourth round this year, earlier than usual. Part of that is because I don't like the old men in the middle of drafts, but part of it is just because... At some point, you can't eliminate all the fun. And I think I hit that point last year where I was like, look, I got to be so Dan, because now the brand is set. I'm the old man guy that I sapped a lot of the fun. Bring in a little bit of the fun back. Not all of it, because winning is still the most important thing, but just a little bit of fun. And there's something about like a 38, how old is LeBron now? 37, 38-year-old LeBron James if that team is looking good, and actually by all accounts, I, you guys are going to think this is insane, they've really been doing a lot of good stuff in the first half of their couple of preseason games. Just like better execution than last year, and two preseason games in. 
I just think that if the Lakers can get the vibes right, that's a good spot. And yet at the same time, I remain... My mental jury is very much deadlocked on Anthony Davis. But anyway, that's enough like pre-show fantasy. That was like a let me talk to you for a minute about the Lakers going in the second round opening show opening non-rant. Uh, this is Fantasy NBA Today. I already said that. I'm Dan Vespers. You can follow me on Twitter at Dan Vespers. You can follow Sports Ethos on Twitter at Ethos Fantasy BK. It's harder to find now. It used to just be Hoopball Fantasy. That was simpler. But we have more things going on. Ethos Fantasy BK. That is the news feed. You must follow that feed. I command thee, thou, thine. I command all of you. Follow Ethos Fantasy BK. You're going to be getting all your fantasy news from there as this season wears on. Uh, draft guide, obviously, out. Has been for some time. Most importantly, however, two things. First, the Brewski 150 goes into the Fantasy Pass in about a day and a half. So that's pretty awesome. And second, loyalty promos. A lot of you guys forgot to claim them. I know many of you that listen to this podcast have had our Fantasy Pass for a few years running now. If you've had the Fantasy Pass for a full season without a break, meaning you just left it on, you actually get access to the B-150 five days early, which would have been, I think, two and a half days ago. So if you have questions about that, hit me up on Twitter, at Dan Vespers. You can also write in to roster at sportsethos.com. But make sure you claim that loyalty bonus. And to the rest of you signing up for the Fantasy Pass for the first time this year, something to think about. It's a way to get the B-150 five days early without having to buy the really big package with betting and DFS. And, like, if you don't use those things, I get it. You don't want to do the six-month lock. Do the Fantasy Pass, which is still really, really affordable, and just leave it on. Not to mention you lock in the rate, so if the price ever goes up, yours would not also. So that's Fantasy Pass and the loyalty stuff. Uh, Points League's ranks, CBS, ESPN, Category League projections, those are all in the draft guide right now. Auction League ranks are coming uh, right around the corner. And then, of course, the B-150, Brewski-150. Goes into the Fantasy Pass uh, in two and a half days. No, sorry, one and a half days. Did I say two and a half? It's one and a half. Check that out. Keep helping us grow. One retweet and Fantasy Pass membership at a time. We are also down to our last four slots for Ethos Leagues. They are all in a cash roto format. However, if you want to play in a cash head-to-head, free head-to-head, free roto, whatever... Hit me up about that as well. We have wait lists going, and if those wait lists hit 12 teams, we'll just open up a new whatever type of league that is. That's all. It can all be done on Twitter at Dan Vespers or via email by sending it to roster at sportsethos.com. Okay, enough waiting. We talked LeBron. We talked AD. We talked what's going on at Sports Ethos. Let's talk to Matt. Well, we couldn't get him in the industry mock because the son of a gun was on a plane when we were getting that thing fired up. But you know what? He needs to be on the show anyway. Matt Straup, welcome back, man. It's good to talk to you again. Thanks. You know, I live a real jet-setting life, Dan, so like, <laughs> I'm frequently, I'm actually 
on my way to the airport right now. I'm, you know, it's just constant flights here, you know, yeah. mostly private jets and that kind of thing. It's so. hard to pin down someone as, uh, as adventurous, worldly and, and cool yeah. as you are, but you should, you should see my passport. I, I definitely, definitely have an up-to-date passport and it has been stamped <laughs> very recently, you know, internationally. But that, that was the joke I was going to make about my own. I think the last time <laughs> I used mine was, my honeymoon so that would have been like 11 years yeah. ago yeah so it yeah. maybe i went into canada one time do you even need to get it looked at to do that I, no, I no 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 that's okay. fine that's just go okay. on through breeze on through that's slow down fine. to 35 and head on through yeah that's kind of what i thought uh yeah. so yeah we're very very cultured individuals here but we did manage to get a time that worked out uh, we won't be talking about a mock draft. We're just going to be talking about fantasy basketball and drafting in general, a little more broad stroke type of stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, Matt, of course, you can find on Twitter at Matt Straup, keeping it nice and easy. Last name is S-T-R-O-U-P. He mm -hmm. is at NBC Sports Edge slash Roto World. I've been told that there's like a hybridization of the names now. Mm -hmm. And yeah. man, that's really nice because I got NBC Sports Edge wrong all the time and i apologized every time i did it and then i continued to screw it up um as the, as the lead host over there i'm assuming you couldn't get away with screwing it up every time but you must it must be nice to bring roto world back into the mix right oh for sure for sure love love, love them both uh it's nice to have options you know that's right sometimes you say roto world say nbc sports edge it's nbc you know roto world player news page powered by nbc sports edge is what i like to say <laughs> Uh, that's, all the right. that's the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, and I was talking to Jonas about this too. Jonas Nader, who's also with you over there at Roto World NBC Sports Edge. Uh, like, Roto World is what I grew up on, you know? Like, for sure. Early yeah. 2000s, reading Doc, reading Brew. Uh, so it is really cool to see that back in the mix. But let's talk some fantasy basketball. Um, yes. Matt, things have over the last week really uh because yahoo keeps moving their x rank board and then that mm -hmm. sort of trickles down onto adp stuff uh the first and second round i thought were fairly locked in and then they moved a, a decent amount <laughs> over again like the last five days this all happened so i kind of want to get your feelings on these big name guys because that's mm -hmm. what drives a fantasy team you know if you screw up sure. your first or second round pick you're you're really in a pickle so yeah, go home if you do that just go done. home and stay home i mean yeah. that's kind of what happened to me in the nbc sports edge league last year uh i had dame in the first and when ah. he was out after a month and a half my team had no shot yeah, um so how do you i'm mean, looking at this year's board how do you avoid i don't say avoid disaster in the first round because when it happens it is a bit out of the blue but what do you mm -hmm. like in the first what scares you a little bit um that's a broad very broad question but you're you're a broadcaster so i feel like i can do this to you <laughs> what do you like what do you dislike about the first well what scares me is that i'm going to make the wrong decision on kevin durant that's the first strong feeling that i have Ooh, where are because, you leaning right now well that that's the thing. I, I think minute to minute, I can talk myself into either thing, you know? And I've noticed in the, the recent drafts I've been doing, he's going early, right? I mean, this dream I had over the summer of Kevin Durant falling to like 10th because of his age and injury risk, it, it doesn't seem to be coming to fruition. No. His ADP on Yahoo is four and a half. And so, you know, we're talking about a guy who on a per game basis was, I believe, second overall in nine category leagues last year. Yeah. But played 55 games. And I mean, I don't know. You know, you can't, 
you can't say, well, he's going to miss 25 plus again, but it's certainly possible. And so I'm worried. I, I just don't think I'm going to do it. I think I'm too risk averse to take a guy who I just feel like I know is going to miss 20 games or, or that seems likely to me. So then again, you know, one of my main leagues, I, I lost to the team that had Kevin Durant <laughs> in the championship because Kevin Durant was crushing me the last month of the season and he didn't miss a single game the last month. So, yeah. That was when he, didn't he just say like, just play me just like, yeah. like drive me into the ground. He's playing He's like 39 dominating. minutes a game there. Dominating. So, I mean, you know, who would you other than Jokic? If everyone's healthy, right? Everyone's healthy, guaranteed health. Everyone's going to play seventy-five games. If we live in that world, it's Jokic and then it's Durant. Yeah, that, I did. You I, know, I didn't want to. I didn't want to input any of my own bias in this, but I'm actually very pro Kevin Durant this year. Yeah. So mostly because last year's injury was one big injury. You know, right. it wasn't. It wasn't like the typical old man stuff of you know out for three games with a hand, or Jimmy Butler is a great example last year of the old man season that we all want to avoid. He had like the tailbone injury and he came back and immediately got hit in the butt again and was out for like another two weeks. And then it was the knee and then it was the back and then it was the elbow. And it's like three games, 10 times adds up a ton with KD was like, what do you have two or three games? He missed for little things. And then Mm -hmm. 20 for the, the knee sprain. Uh, And so I, I think I can write a little bit of that off to, happenstance man anybody could have a knee sprain and miss two months Adebayo had surgery and missed a, right you know two months with an elbow thing um yeah I'm big time into KD this year actually and I play I'm a lot of around. roller leagues too I'm coming around you in the last two to three minutes I've, I've fully come <laughs> around I, like I said I was unsure before I'm in if, number five if he's there I think there's a good chance I'll take him aren't there a lot of kind of risky plays in the first round for whatever really reason are. I mean I don't know they're not all typical like the same as the KD injury thing but you know you got Embiid going near the yep. top of it he's a risk Steph is not a traditional risk but he's off a championship year yeah um Harden's missing games these days although I know he jokes he's lost 100 pounds whether that's a joke or not is sort of yet to be seen <laughs> he might have actually right. lost 100 pounds uh you know Giannis the Bucks don't want him playing more than 68 69 games yeah. in a year so who's like who's not a risk in the I, first i agree i mean look at last year's first round the only guys who played more than 70 games as last year's first round players are Jokic, carl anthony towns and trey young yeah and you have jason tatum who you know depending on your scoring but in traditional nine category is right on the fringe there essentially a first rounder he played more than 70 that's it and so i mean i think those are kind of the the iron man guys right at out of the first rounders other than that yeah don luke luca we think of as pretty durable um but he played 65 games so you know 65 is kind of just the the median number i feel like for nba stars these days yeah if you get 65 out of kd he's probably the number two player this coming year yeah yeah i don't know i, I like i don't want to push you in any direction i'm glad no, he you was did it all right it's done it's done, <laughs> it's done. taking him it's fine. It. I'll do a podcast with somebody who only plays head-to-head leagues. They will definitely convince you the other direction. You're stuck with old Roto Dan over here. No, no, uh, no. I, I'm a mostly head-to-head league guy, and and I think that, like I said, I just laid out the case for for Durant right there too because he was there at the end for you last year. Yeah, and then you know you talked about Trey as one of the durable ones. Uh, certainly a nine cat. There is a fear that the DeJounte Murray edition what does that do to him does that push him mm-hmm. now out of the and he was kind of at the end of the first round I think he was number 10 mm-hmm. 
Uh, mm-hmm. But the durability was nice, and Tatum hanging around just outside the first round. So, yeah, you got a lot of... You're, like, picking between someone who's probably going to be a lower down on the per-game totem pole, but, mm-hmm. you know, maybe more likely to play an extra six or seven ball games versus, I mean, KD. Who, who can even come close to him in per-game production? Embiid was the only one last year. I don't... Do you see anybody this season that could make a leap into that Embiid, KD, like, just behind Jokic? Not just behind last year, but <laughs> you know what I mean. Can anybody jump yeah. into that, like, two to three range on the per-game side? Folks, picture this nightmare scenario. You're hosting friends for the big game. It's neck and neck in the fourth quarter, and suddenly you realize you're out of drinks. Boo, say all of your friends. You start to sweat. Your friends turn on you. You're forced to go on a last-second drink run and end up missing the game-winning touchdown while in line. Oh, no. Terrifying, isn't it? Luckily, you can avoid the drama with Drizzly, the go-to app for drink delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered right to your watch party. Compare prices across multiple stores in your area, find the best deals on game day drinks, and get back to armchair quarterbacking from, you guessed it, your armchair. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. Must be 21 plus, not available in all locations. I mean, I feel like I look at Tatum, and I think in theory that might be in there. You know, a guy who could, because Durant, what what's the blueprint? It's 30 points, it's seven and a half rebounds, it's six and a half assists, it's a steal, a block, and it's threes and good percentages. You know, Tatum. <laughs> yeah, just, you, you know, his, all the things. That's all. That's all it is. You know, <laughs> no big deal. I mean, look at Tatum. He's not that far off of that. I mean, he'd need a spike in assists from like the four and a half a game he had. Uh, he'd need some more blocks, which I'm not super confident in. So I think he has kind of the, the skill set across the board to maybe jump into the top five, but. I guess I'll kind of believe that when I see it. What do you think about a guy like Tyrese Halliburton, who uh, he, I've seen him go as early as five. Uh, yeah. I, I, I yeah. don't see him go much later than about 14 these days. Have we have we right. priced him out? I guess maybe we price him out somewhere in between those two numbers. I think we've gone a little too far. I think <laughs> I think that, you know, there's this FOMO with Tyrese Halliburton, which I get. I really do, because what was he with Indiana? Like 17 and a half points, almost 10 assists, 1.8 steals. Um, and he's openly talked. I, I read a story from uh, you know Alex Kennedy over the summer that Tyrese Halliburton, with quotes from Tyrese Halliburton, talking about being a 20 and 10 guy. Well, he almost was that in Indiana. So, yeah. I mean, he, you know, I get it. But if you're telling me I can get him in the second round, I'm thrilled. If you're telling me I got to take him top five, I'm going to let someone else do that. Yeah, I think I'm probably with you on that one. I feel like we we're getting we we probably have priced him out a little bit. Um my other early round discussion point is more about the second round now, which okay. as recently as even 2 weeks ago I thought was uh, a more fun second round. Last year I hated it and then it turned out <laughs> to be uh, yes, as terrible as I thought it was going to be. Sometimes you kind of hate a round and then it turns out to not be that bad. Last year was like Everybody's like, oh, the second round is awful. Uh, and then outside of LaMelo Ball, it basically did turn out to be kind of awful. Um, right. 
And this year it was like, oh, this one, maybe there's a little bit of wiggle room. And then all of a sudden the board shifted and everybody, you know, opinions came out and the board shifted another time. And now it looks an awful lot like the second round board last year with mm -hmm. maybe different names, but with the same kind of decisions where at the very beginning of it, you got a little bit more than you had yes. last year. There's, there's, it's like, it's not nearly as horrible to be the 11 or 12 pick this season no. as it was last year. In fact, you could even argue it's, it's kind of okay. Uh, I, I, yeah, you could even argue it's good, depending on how your draft goes. But it sure does feel like by pick 15 in the second round, mm -hmm. it looks a lot like pick 13 through 24 last year. Like that same run starts again. It's just a tiny bit later yeah. where you're picking between the likes of uh, Kyrie, Anthony Davis, right. LeBron, Freddie Van Fleet. Uh, basically, Paul George is going to be in the mix at some point in there. Uh, a whole bunch of guys who... It's like the conversation we just had with Kevin Durant, but even even less <laughs> durable. Mm -hmm. uh, there's upside there, but how much confidence do we have that they get anywhere near it? Or do you slide towards the guys that are typically going at the back of the second round, which maybe they're a little bit more healthy, uh, but they don't have that you know top six, top seven. We saw LeBron go top five last year. Kawhi's always in that six to seven range. AD mm -hmm. is an easy first rounder. Kyrie... What do you do with the second round? Are you able to talk yourself into any of those old guys? Do you go the safe route? I am I I admit I'm struggling with it way more now than I was even a week ago. Well, so, I mean, we're talking about a scenario where are Lillard and Halliburton gone? We're saying their yeah, ADP probably. on Yahoo is like 15 and 16, respectively. So we're talking about past that point in the draft, right? Or they went slightly before that, or they went around there, or in the case of Halberton, maybe he went fifth. So <laughs> right. putting those guys aside, <laughs> I can talk myself into Anthony Davis. I don't, I don't see myself doing that in every league. There's just so much risk, right? The game's played. I think the last, I was pulling this up earlier today. Hold on. The last four years, I think his average games played is like 49. Yeah. It's not great. Oh, that's terrifying. Right. And, and that's, that's year over year. It's just been a concern to me. Lately in the drafts, I've been had I've had a couple slow drafts going this week, and I had a couple picks in the kind of nineteen range. And that's a I tough took spot, a guy, by the way. That's a I tough spot. A, I know, and I took a guy who goes by the name of Dejounte Murray. I like that that one there. Plays for the Atlanta Hawks, and you were just <laughs> little, talking about a little bit of a homer heard. pick, a little homer pick there, well, right? Possibly, possibly, but you know, you were well for yeah. I mean, I can be guilty of that, <laughs> but I'll also try to explain why. And I know that that's kind of right around his ADP, so it's not like anything adventurous. But why I'm I'm intrigued is you talked about Trey Young and the worry that you know Dejounte dings his numbers, and obviously there's a vice versa there where Trey dings Dejounte's numbers. But I guess my counter argument is like, what if they don't that much? You know, I mean, what if the usage just funnels through those two guys so much, and everyone else like John Collins and Clint Capella just has to you know get their shots when they get them. And it's those two guys running the show. Of course, I mean, I don't think we're going to see those guys average the same assists they averaged last year, right? Trey, 9.7. DeJounte Murray, 9. Okay. We'll, we'll discount there. But, I mean, DeJounte Murray was 21 points, 8 rebounds, 9 assists last year with two steals. You know, we, we expect him to be great in steals. I just, what if his numbers don't drop off that much? I mean, he was a top 7 player last year. You know? I just think the path to, I don't know. 17, 18 points, good rebounds, 
you know, seven or eight rebounds, seven or eight assists, a couple steals. He's almost right there. I mean, does that make sense to you? It does. Yeah, actually. And and one of the things that it, there was that first rebound effect with him where, you know, he was getting drafted in the mid third and you knew that had bounced down too far. And right. then he's kind of worked his way back up now towards the mid late second round. But the nice thing about Murray that you can't really say about Trey is that the steals and the rebounds create steals. kind of a a buffer against a usage fall off where yes. like with Trey, if the usage falls off, that's everything that he does scoring right. threes assists the free throw percent like the only thing that would be a negative for him there or the only thing that would buffer it i guess is that you know the turnovers would maybe come down a little bit but who you know right. that that's not enough to counterbalance losses in three or four other categories with murray if the usage comes down a little you know do the points decrease do the assists decrease maybe uh but he has those rebounds which should right. stick he has the steals he has the blocks he has the field goal percent that's that's typically a little bit better i mean I assume it'll actually improve here as having having someone else that draws defense as opposed to San Antonio last year. Right. Um, it also of note is that Trey is basically being drafted where he was being drafted last year. There hasn't really been an ADP sag for him sure. in the way that with Murray pre-trade, he was probably going to get drafted mid first and now it's late second. So there has been a big ADP sag on him. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's not crazy. Again, I'm trying not to... I want to do a little devil's advocate here, but at the end of it, like you talked about Kevin Durant, I'm actually very pro Kevin Durant. I like DeJounte yeah. Murray. Also, if he really is, where'd he go in the, our industry mock? I think he went at 22 in that. Yeah. Uh, I'd, I'd, I'd be very happy to get him near the end of the second round. Would yeah. you take him? Would you take him instead of guys like Kyrie AD that, that contingent where like if they're on the court, they're probably, a, you know, a top seven, top eight guy. But will they be on the court? Would you bypass that kind of upside because of the risk and go to someone who's less risky a little later? I just faced almost faced this decision in a in a league I'm in where I think Anthony Davis went 18th and I had the 19th pick and I was gonna, I was kind of like going to look <laughs> in the mirror and say what am I doing here? You know, am I going to take Anthony Davis or am I going to take Dejounte Murray? I, I lean slightly toward Dejounte and over over Anthony Davis and Kyrie just because of what you. Uh, referenced in terms of injury risk and Kyrie sometimes not seeming like he wants to play that many games. So yeah, yeah, Kyrie is a really weird one. I, I had a really good chat with Jonas about Kyrie. He actually ended up with him in the industry mock this year where he was like, yeah. l- he laid out this very reasonable, logical explanation as uh-huh. to why Kyrie should play in, you know, sure. 68 or more ball games. And my, I think my retort was, that all makes a ton of sense, yeah. but can we apply logic to Kyrie Irving? Logic. Yes, you use logic. <laughs> you just use logic. Because it was exactly. like, oh, he needs to like he needs to show up for work for one year, and he'll probably get a $200 million contract. To, for most of us, that makes a lot of sense. I would show up to work for that year. Yeah. But Kyrie, mm, hard to yeah. say. Um, okay, let me jump way down the board a little bit, because uh, okay. I want to make sure I can actually get you back to your day. Uh, and let's talk about some of the late stuff. Um, you typically, Matt, it, talking to Matt Straup, by the way, probably should have said that again at some point earlier in the show. Um, right, I'm here. At Matt Straup on Twitter, follow immediately. Obviously, uh, easier way to find him would be the tag. We're going to tag him when this goes out, so you can just do that also. Um, the 
you have in the past on this show given out some very interesting late targets, many of whom have actually panned out very nicely. Oh, that's good to hear. <laughs> yes. Uh, and I'm, I think two, we did this two years ago and last year, right? Isn't this the third? Third, you could tell know. me it's the 10th consecutive year. You yeah. could tell me it's the first time we've ever spoken. And I would it's, say both of those are true. It's very hard to remember anything that's <laughs> yeah, happened yeah. specifically since 2020, but also just kind of in general. And, and by the way, Dan, I didn't mean that to sound like you're not memorable. That was not what I was <laughs> I saying. I know I'm not. <laughs> was not. Hey, look, I know that this is the third third to fourth year in a row that we've done. This yeah. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> trying to remember anything I've done is such a task right now. Um so let's do that again with your blessing. Who sure. are, this is such a cheap way to ask this question, but damn it, I'm going to do it. And yeah. give me a sleeper or two, Matt. Give me, give me, give me the, the, the shiny diamond, the thing that the listeners are going to be like, oh, yes, here we go. I'm going to give you a seven. How's that? <laughs> oh, my God. I might need to write these down. <laughs> well, okay. So let's just, so before we came on here, I was kind of combing through the Yahoo ADP. And granted, you know, depending on how competitive your league is that you're in, this may not be the case at all in your league. But one name that really stuck out to me, and I was just in a draft where I can attest he was falling, is Gary Trent Jr. Um, has a 92 ADP on Yahoo. This guy was a, basically a top 40 fantasy player last year, a guy who averaged three three-pointers and I believe 1.7 or 1.8 steals. You, that's a lot of steals late in your draft potentially. And I know the downside here, maybe the risk is that what if they bring him off the bench? What does that look like? But I mean, at that point, it's kind of a free swing on a top 50 guy. I just, I don't know. This this is one that kind of befuddles me. I, I don't know why he's falling so far. Um, yeah, we had a good uh, chat pre-show, and I was like, we should probably try to recreate that on the pod, but I felt disingenuous yeah. not letting listeners know that we actually did talk a little bit about Gary Trent already. Yeah. Uh, and it struck us both as kind of similar to the the Terry Rozier phenomenon, which is like, oh, this uh -huh. guy was top 40, and then last year he went at like 80 anyway. I, I know. And then he was top 40 again, and now he's finally going at like 50-something, so there's there's starting to be some belief Still uh, too low, by the way. Still like two rounds too low. Yeah, based on what we've seen for two full years now, it still yeah. doesn't quite make sense. But doesn't yeah. it, this does feel a little bit like that, doesn't it? Provided he keeps the starting job, like why right. would anything really change for him? Right, sure. And I mean, that is, of course, you know, draft him with eyes open, know that there's a chance that Nick Nurse, you know, ruins this whole thing. But I, I just, I don't know. I, I think Trent, this is a guy who averaged 35 minutes a game last year. The roster is not that different. No. It just strikes me it just strikes me that in all likelihood Trent is going to be a significant piece of that and even if he falls off a little from last year you know to like 65 if you got him <laughs> like 80 or 90 you, you know that's a great pick so yeah. a, a, an elite steals guy who who's going real late in drafts um jumping around a little bit here I, I'm I don't know where you land on this one but I'm pretty high on Jalen Smith of the Indiana Pacers. Yeah, I like him too. And you got to think that Miles Turner's getting moved for whatever that's worth. Although I think Smith is probably starting anyway, no? Yeah, Rick Carlisle told us like months ago, he what a, what a solid Rick Carlisle did fantasy managers. Which by, is pretty rare, by the way. I, he got way out. It was like, you know, June or something. He was like, oh, by the way, I'm starting that guy at Power Forward. It's like, oh, thank you, Rick. Um, so yeah, they re-signed him. He was... Real solid in, I think, like 24, 25 minutes a game for the Pacers. He was around 13 points, seven boards, had a block, uh, almost one and a half threes. He's a young guy. He's a former, I think, lottery pick. I mean, 
I just think there's some sneaky ceiling here, and his Yahoo ADP is 120. Uh, I saw him going one of my drafts around 90, but still right there. I mean, that's another free swing on an upside guy. Yeah, I'm with you. He was uh, number 86, I think, over the last month and a half with Indiana in 24, 25 minutes per game. So you just extrapolate that, assume no massive changes to fantasy stat. I know that sometimes as guys sort of approach higher numbers, things level off a little bit, but just keep them on the court, three, four extra minutes of ball game. And uh, you can do the math pretty easily there. That puts him in front of where he's getting drafted. You haven't said anything I've disagreed with so far. Okay. You can keep going if Let's you want. See. Let's see. <laughs> what what can I get you to disagree with? Well, I, I'm interested in... Um, let's see. Well, I, I was totally shocked. I, I don't know when we're going to run out of time, so i got to say this. I was totally shocked to see... I, I pulled up, again, the Yahoo ADP and see Jabari Smith going 119th overall on average. Okay, that, so that kind of stuns me. I don't know rookies all oh, yeah, that Yeah, you're not well. a rookie guy. Yeah. You're not a rookie guy. That's so right. here you go. I, you can get me to argue, I guess, on this one. But my argument is basically like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a bad argument. argument. So I'm gonna, I, he, I know he had a good like preseason is preseason, right? But um, 21 points, 8 boards, 5 three-pointers in 24 minutes, uh, I believe, in his preseason debut. Yeah. Just, you know, a guy who had a chance to go number one in the draft, a great, great shooter. I think he has a potential to get you some defensive stats as well, rebounds. I don't know. I'm just really high on the player. And even if he's at pick 100, right, I'll move him up or pick 95 or whatever it is. Moving up from there, I just love love a free swing like that. I know that rookies, I think the highest finishing rookie in nine category leagues last year was Scotty Barnes, who was 66, right? But... I mean, Evan Mobley was a great fantasy contributor. There were there were a bunch of significant rookies, relevant rookies last year, and I think Jabari Smith is one of them, and I think anything after 100 is a little too late for that. Yeah, and, you and you're looking at his college numbers. He's a decent foul shooter for a, a bigger dude. I know he's not like yeah. a traditional center or power forward. Uh, he's yeah. sized like a power forward, but he's doing a lot of shooting from the perimeter, so you kind of yeah. have to... You're going to get kind of the, the mismatched percentages where field goal is yeah. probably going to be the the slight drag. Um, But yeah, I mean, like one of the things I have said, jokes aside, is that I need to soften my stance a bit on rookie bigger dudes, specifically Uh ones who are not going to tank your free throw percent. And uh, technically he does fall into that, even if the the field goal is a little bit lower, but you know, points boards doesn't have to worry about handling the basketball. So he's not going to be like a four turnover guy, like a rookie point guard might be. You just eliminate some of the rookie pitfall stats yeah. Uh, and then, you know, wings and bigs, they they do have a way of, like with, you're talking about Mobley, a uh, rookie bigger man. And he actually had some troubles at the free throw line. But those are the guys that tend to uh, overperform their their rookie ADP a little bit. Um, yeah. the, the only clock here actually is for me making sure that you don't mess up your whole day. So if, if you'd like to keep going, you're, you're more yeah. than invited. Sure. The two guys on the Blazers going on average outside of top 100 in Yahoo are Anthony Simons and Josh Hart. And Simons, I guess we're dropping him because Lillard is back. But, I mean, they paid the guy $100 million. I I think he's going to play a lot for this team. And I don't know what the fantasy blueprint necessarily is outside of points and threes when Lillard is healthy. But, again, that late in a draft, I I really don't mind taking a shot to find out. Yeah, starters minutes. If you can find anybody with starters minutes outside the top 100, they're probably at least worth a look. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. you're debating a guy that might play 32 minutes a game and get a bunch of shots versus someone who, like, you're like, oh, well, you know, maybe the 
And I've done this, like I've done this many times where I'm like, oh, the stat set's so great here. This guy's going to probably play 18, but maybe he gets like 22 minutes per game. Uh, Those guys should probably be later than the dudes playing 32 or 33. Uh, Give me one more because I know you said seven. So we'll do, what do we have, five? Let's do six of your seven. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say the name Trey Jones of the Spurs. Mm. Well, I know Doc loves him. Yeah. It's a How big Trey Jones him? fan. I'm, you know, what? I I get this. I get a little bit of a Monty Morris vibe from a sure. fantasy standpoint okay. of decent assists, and he was able uh-huh. to keep the turnovers relatively low. Uh, I guess my only fear there is, you know, young point guard type stuff. How did right. the, how does field goal percent level? How does he do turnovers spike mm-hmm. as he starts to get a little bit more of a role? But again, as like flyers go, mm-hmm. I can't really get upset with it. He's going. When? Like after 95, right? 108, um, again, on Yahoo. That may not exactly reflect your league, but yeah, after 95 is a reasonable guess. I have trouble, like, nitpicking late round picks. You know, like, what? big deal. If if one of these guys doesn't pan out, you just cast him off into the ocean. Who cares? Yeah, yeah. And so as a starter last year, 13.5 points, 4.5 rebounds, 7.5 assists in 11 games, and a steal. He didn't hit threes. I think he had three three three-pointers in those 11 games. So you're not going to get that from him. But I mean, that's part of the reason he's going as late as he is that and just kind of the unknown factor. But seven and a half assists is is a bigger than a Monty Morris number. You know what I mean? That and, is true. And I don't there's no don't there's know, no Jokic on the Spurs. I don't I don't know if Trey Jones can do that seven and a half over a full season. But that's a legit number for like a guy who if a guy does that as a fill in. I'm paying attention, you know. Uh, and so I like him. And by the way, Monte actual Monte Morris is an interesting sleeper as well playing with <laughs> yeah, the Wizards I now I know my I think my colleague Raphael Johnson really likes him um this year yeah I'm sleeper. I'm uh I I haven't my verdict is out on Monte Morris this year I, I like if I I hope that he wakes up and just becomes more aggressive this season yeah. I just I don't know that I have faith that he will I feel like Monte sort of is who he is he's a probably be. a guy who's a better reality player than he is a fantasy player very efficient yeah. point guard who had his his but like he's not in Jokic's shadow now it's Brad Bradley Beal and Kristaps Porzingis but like how does that even out will he initiate more maybe uh the assists I would assume would be higher anywhere where there is not Jokic but you know like with Jones you were talking about not gonna get many steals Monty Morris isn't a steals guy he's not gonna shoot a ton of three-pointers but good field goal percent good free throw percent good assist to turnover ratio typically Mm -hmm. one of the best um I don't know. I just, I don't, the upside is not huge for me no, on Morris. It's not. It's and that is, a... that is, a, I, I agree there. And that's not a, that's not a sleeper that I will proactively reach for. But I mean, you, you know, you get it laid in a draft and you got to fill out your queue and find some guys you can stomach drafting. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the, that's he's the actually guy. probably better for head to head than he is for Roto because he's going to probably play most of the ball games. And sometimes at the end of a draft, you need a guy who's, you know, top 100 and is just there every day. Right. Because uh, right. zero that, hey, shows that guy shows up to work. That's right. Well, you know that's saying mean? a lot these days. Yeah. <laughs> 75 games last year. 12 and a half points, four and a half assists, 1.73s. Doesn't turn it over for a point guard, only one right. of those. So he's kind of a, a a floor guy yeah, more than a ceiling guy. But we could see a little more ceiling. Like you said, no, there is no, at last check, there is no Jokic playing for the Wizards. Yeah, you mostly gave me ceiling guys. I like that we slipped in a floor guy yeah, at the end let's there. let's get a little floor in there. A little floor. A floor. Matt, yeah. you're officially out of the hot seat. 
Get up, okay. stretch your legs, whatever you got to do. Make it make it, it work. Quite pleasant. The yeah. temperature of the seat was quite pleasant. Yeah, it was a seat warmer. It's like a nice plush. <laughs> it's not really a hot seat. It just, you know, keeps keeps the back yeah. loose. Okay. You have great chairs. You have great chairs on this, <laughs> yeah, on this and, podcast. And people that listen to this know that the only chair that anybody's in over here is in the corner of my bedroom <laughs> slash office. So I pray you're in a very different chair than that. No, I'm actually here. I'm over here. I'm underneath that uh, blanket that you're seeing. <laughs> not the, not the uh, two and a half year old draft board. That's my backdrop <laughs> for everything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that, I'm just looking at the back of that right now. Oh, that's fine. So you're yeah. back there with the dog on the other side. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah, works. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he he is Matt Straup over at Roto World slash NBC Sports Edge at Matt Straup on Twitter. Check out everything he's doing, including the draft show. Uh, although that actually, by the time this airs, that is probably airing at about the same time, roughly. You can Maybe hear it on hours. my. Po- you can hear the audio version of that on my podcast, Round Ball Round Stew. Round Ball Stew. Yes, there we go. That's a better way to do the timestamp thing when you record in advance. Good thinking, fellow broadcaster, thank whose you. head is thank you, thank you. M- on much straighter than mine right now. Uh, Matt, thanks, my man. Thanks for doing this and carving out the time. Yeah, it's a pleasure, Dan. Always fun to come on here. Starting through a lot of sleepers these days. That's where we're at. Big thank you to Matt Straup, as always. Don't you dare call that man Stroop. It's Straup. Get it right or pay the price. That in Camp Onawana. He's right, though, about Gary Trent. Uh, That's a funny thing. I I don't know if we can always say that it takes people, the general public, lists, whatever, that if it takes three seasons for people to believe or two seasons for people to believe... But we have seen that lately with, like, generally these shooting guard types. I don't know why that's the the mold right now, but that's where we're at. And, and it seems like a new one pops up every year, so be a little less skeptical. Might be the lesson there. Coming up on tomorrow's show, the big dog, Aaron Bruski, founder of what was originally hoopball, and now sports ethos. He'll be on the show. We'll talk first and second round with Aaron as well, because I always want to get his thoughts on, on what direction he's going, how much risk is he willing to take on, depending on league type. High-stakes leagues, you probably got to take a little bit more risk because you're, you're not going to win them being conservative, and he's in those. But just for you know, the, the, the most common leagues, where do you go in those areas? We'll talk to Brew about the Brewski 150. We'll talk to Brew about projections. We'll talk to Brew about how he comes to his numbers that dominate the landscape every year. And of course, I will badger him until he gives us one of his diamonds in the rough. I'll do it. I will do it because I'd like to say I'm doing it for all of you listening, but I'm doing it for myself because it's funny. I have access to the Brewski 150, so I don't actually have to badger him. I could just really like deep dive that thing and find them, but it's more fun. It's more hilarious. I derive a certain joy about making him squirm on the podcast, uh, which I think we all do with our bosses, right? I'm a mess with Brew for you guys, but also for me. Next week on the pod, we'll talk to uh, Josh Lloyd will be on. Dr. A will be on. Uh, I think we'll get Adam Stock on the show next week. We'll likely have Brew back on the show. Lining them all up. And at that point, we got like two more shows before the season starts. Thank you again, everybody, for making this the most listened to offseason in the history of Fantasy NBA today. As long as the show keeps growing, I will keep doing it. 
Drop a five-star review on it on iTunes if you want it to keep growing. I hope you do. Have a delightful, relaxing Thursday. Off-season episode 129? Question mark? Doesn't matter. Either way, we keep prepping. Let's get this thing done. I'll talk to you guys over on social at Dan Baspers and the Sports Ethos forums. They are chugging. You got pro Q&A in there. Premium pro Q&A going every day. All right, we'll talk to you guys tomorrow. So long, everybody.